Q&A episode for the Pasithea Powder Season 1! Season 1! We did a whole season! It's pretty cool. We're so happy to be here answering your questions. Um, all three of us, if you're hearing cat noises in the background, uh, that's my cat, Fabric. Um, oh, we should introduce ourselves, probably. We probably should. I'm like, they know our voices. They don't. I mean, they do very well, but they don't. Hi, I'm Jackie. Edaman. I play Sophie Green. Um, and I am Molly Olgeen, and I play Jane Gonzalez. Yep. And together we are the Pasadena Powder. And we've got some amazing questions that I am eager to get to. There are some slight spoilers ahead. So if you have not yet listened, maybe like put a pause on this episode and go on back and then join us again later. Okay, great. How about you start? I love this question. Um, Is there anything you think is clear from the show, but which fans have yet to pick up on? And are you even allowed to answer this? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, so full disclosure, Molly and I sort of went through these questions a week ago and sort of came up with some answers, but I personally don't remember everything we said. So uh, I think you're, head- you're getting us in like a really good frame of mind. <laughs> we've, we've given this some thought, but also we have, we don't have any scripted answers and I know I am much less coherent without a script in front of me. So, okay. Uh, is there anything that fans have yet to pick up on? Are you even allowed to answer this? Um, I mean, on the one hand, we make our own rules. On the other hand, there are some things that we cannot say because they will come up in season two. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think going with things that we we are allowed to talk about, uh, there's two things in season one that I I hope is clear from the show, but that I know some listeners have had some confusion about. Um, the first one is really just a small thing, but um, Reina Valencia, uh, that's not her name. That's her title and then her name. So Reina is just the Spanish word for queen. Um, and uh, that that's her title, not her name, uh, which is confusing because Reina is totally just also a name. But um, in, in this case, it's, it's her title. Um, and then the other one is subtler than that but uh i hope like i've, I've put enough um hints into the podcast at least thus far uh it's important to me that people know that jane is fat um jane is not a, a small person jane is not a thin person jane is plus size and uh i don't think i've ever put those words into the podcast directly but i've had jane mention her body several times throughout and i, I hope that that's um context clues people are picking up on I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'm also just glad you mentioned that broadly because I at least, I, when I'm writing fiction, so like prose, I already struggle to do character descriptions. It is certainly one of my weaker sort of tools in the toolbox. And when it comes to script writing, I'm just like, (laughs) completely forget to do it unless it like comes up or unless we get to a point where I'm like, you know what? They should probably know X, Y, Z. Is there anything important to Sophie's description that you wish people knew? This isn't a fan question. This is a me question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think like, I don't know. I don't know that it's important that they know. But um, when we were sort of coming up with the characters, it was like fairly important to me that she was a butch woman. Um, Oh, totally. Yep. Um, Oh, what a good next question. To segue, Drath. Did Evelyn know Jane was in love with him? <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> um, 
Yes. So I feel like as because it's left open, right? Um, I think mm-hmm. here I have two answers for you, really. Answer one is that um, you get to decide that as as a listener, you get to decide um, if Evelyn was in love with her. Uh, or no, sorry, not if Evelyn was in love with her. Um, if Evelyn uh, <laughs> knew Jane was in love with him, um, or or if he was totally oblivious. But what I I do think is um, important, and I think that uh, Ian um, Ian Andrews, who voices Evelyn, like did a really wonderful job of this in episode ten. Um, it's really important just that like Evelyn and Jane had this really close friendship um, where they loved each other. You know, mm-hmm. like that's there even if like mm-hmm. the, the romantic aspect of it is, is blurrier. And uh, yes, he absolutely knew that Jane loved him. Um, do you want to expand on your yes? <laughs> I think my yes. There are things about my yes that honestly we don't have enough time for on this podcast episode. But um, if you care to visit our about section on our website, oh powder.com, one of our influences is our own high school trauma. <laughs> Uh, so yeah I think I think there's a version of Evelyn particularly high school Evelyn who kind of like knows what's what but because he values the friendship so much is not addressing it directly potentially um yeah okay no that's fair if we're going to our high school trauma that's that's that (laughs) on that (laughs) Um. yep (laughs) moving right along but I want to echo Molly to say that I think like these things because like right like word creator word of god can sort of go one of two ways it can be like irritating or it can be important and it's important that jane is a fat woman it is not important uh for your understanding of the show that you know whether evelyn knew that jane was in love with him or not so absolutely yes good distinction um next question is also uh about romance um I ship Eleanor and Stevie. Will that ever happen? And could it even? Three exclamation uh, question marks. Three question marks. <laughs> I love this. I love this for a couple reasons. I love this because Jackie Andrews, who plays Eleanor, has just like, can we all agree, a flawless delivery of Stevie. Oh my <laughs> and- God. Every time we have to like pause to crack up. It's incredible. <laughs> Uh, on the actual question, I mean, they're co-workers. She's his boss, so... His boss? I've used to be a woman. Oh! Oh! This gets to another thing! (laughs) (laughs) Um... I mean, the gender of Stevie could easily be another question here. We're in a fight about what Stevie's gender is, because... Jackie was picturing Stephen from My Favorite Murder, and I was picturing Stevie Bud from Schitt's Creek. And Stevie has not entered the podcast yes. in any significant way yet. So, uh, I don't know. Picture uh, picture Stevie Bud with a glorious, luxuriant mustache. Um, and your mileage may be. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. What was Eleanor Lopez's previous biggest story and there's another version of this question someone else asked uh which is what's the most serious meaty story eleanor has covered before she became jane's default media contact (laughs) i like this um (laughs) i like it too so i feel like there's 
obviously Eleanor loves the frivolous, but she has a couple of important literary influences um, of other reporters, uh, famous reporters who love uh, frivolous scandal. Um, but I think that she still covered meaty stuff. So basically Rita Skeeter obviously is in the mix. Um, but Freddie Lowndes from Hannibal, uh, if you guys remember either the, mm. uh, the one played by Philip Seymour Hoffman or the really wonderful one played by, is it Lara Jean in, uh, in Hannibal? Should look that up. Lara Jean is her first and middle name. Her last name is Karostecki, I think. Um, and she is, anyway, incredible as uh, Freddie Lowndes in the TV show Hannibal. And uh, we wanted to have Eleanor be that level of like she really likes um she she likes like kind of gory gruesome interesting news uh but that doesn't mean she shies away from like mm-hmm. real sort of meaty news and i think that uh we talked a little bit about how the reason she's in cassandra in the first place is that she was probably a war correspondent right um so imagine just yeah, like most totally amoral uh <laughs> absolutely zero ethics like just there to talk about the tawdriest details of like this uh this war that she's not actually uh, a part of or has any stake in and you get uh you get a war correspondent from the bsa <laughs> i feel like this might be doing eleanor a disservice i think she's better than this but is she i don't know we'll find out uh remember all those like fluff pieces about like the white supremacists who dressed really sharp, who dressed really sharply, <laughs> that were like coming out in the New York Times. Ooh. I feel like the human interest story side of like global or galactic conflict is sort of like where Eleanor lives. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. That actually goes with the the moment that we have in episode ten, where. Uh, She's listening to the Jane's listening to the telescope and she's like, oh, something about nice boots. Like, that's the last thing Evelyn ever says to her. So, yeah, that was probably about. uh, Yes. Yeah. Some incredibly important political figure about whom like serious and like horrible things were happening. And she was like making a commentary on their wardrobe. Um. So I don't know if that answered like a specific question, but she definitely I, she definitely was in there with the Azulian conflict, which I think probably taken together would definitely have to be her biggest story. Yes. Also, oh, wait, that's another question to the uh, answer to the question about like what what do you want people to know from the show that they like, could have picked up on? Uh, the war is called the Azulian conflict. Um, yes, we we never like spelled that out, but we like had people refer to it as the Azulian conflict later. And uh, we, we wanted that to just kind of be a thing that people organically learned, I guess. Okay. How did you choose the epistolary format? I feel like I've said this about every question, but this is like my favorite question. <laughs> it's a great question. Um, I feel like it was sort of a multi-pronged decision um one of which had to do with sort of like we you can say a little bit about this but when we decided to do a podcast we were like very aware of our own limitations both like technological and like in terms of you know at the time we had yet to corral anyone else into voice acting with us and so it was just the two of us um and we do not live in the same place we don't (laughs) so uh yeah i feel like this gets it a little bit of just like a 
backstory creator lore, which is that um, Jackie and I met each other in grad school. Uh, we got our MFAs in Ohio uh, a couple of years ago, many years ago, some number of years ago. I don't know what what's time. And um, <laughs> we uh, basically we became writing partners, uh, not for Pasathea, uh, but for we wrote a bunch of screenplays together. Um, Jackie's last year in the program. And at that point, I had already moved to Minnesota. And so uh, this whole endeavor has been long distance. And so we were really just like, we want to like, set up a system for this story that works with our actual situations, which is that it's just always going to be long distance. Um, and Totally. And the side benefit of that sort of like COVID era has been that we have not been in a position to have be forced at short notice to really change any of our processes whatsoever because we've just sort of always been doing what I think a lot of folks have been forced into doing recently. And like conveniently, we don't ever have to explain why people sound like they're in different rooms because they're just always calling each other from different planets. <laughs> um, yep. Nine times out of 10, they are in different rooms. Uh that's the total like uh doyalist reason and it's absolutely true but i will also say i just love epistolary stories a lot like frankenstein all the letters within letters and frankenstein like i love that book i think about that book all the time um or just like yeah the letters like famous you know letters back and forth like the letter in a persuasion or like the at any time yeah. Ella enchanted the back and forth letters between like Ella and Char like I- I'm I'm a sucker for those so yeah yeah also I mean we're both former theater kids it's like <laughs> fun to get a monologue it's, you know you you make little treats for yourself and sometimes your treat for yourself is that you get to say a monologue <laughs> Um, oh, okay. Moving from monologue to dialogue, our next question, I think, gets at a really, really significant part of this uh, podcast. And the question is, is Agent Blanc seeing anyone? Um, thank you for that question, Agent Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually, we, we have our own answers to this, but I, uh, you don't even know this, Jackie. Um, I hung out with Colin Killick, who plays Agent Blanc last night. And uh, I mentioned that someone had asked this. And uh, so I asked him, like, Colin, what would you say to this question? And Colin said, and I love this as an answer, Agent Blanc would say no. But then he, like, kind of gave a significant look. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's sort of similar to what I feel, which is he's got a lot going on in his life. Like, I'm not sure, you know, if he is seeing someone, uh, they're really competing with a lot of like other, <laughs> other, 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 uh, competing demands on his time, such as being creepy to Jane in hallways, apartments, courtyards, cars. <laughs> Um, being creepy on a plane. I have a lot of Sophie Green feelings about Agent Blanc. <laughs> I I love Agent Blanc. Um, I do think that it's possible oh, yeah. he has like entanglements uh, that he would not consider to be uh, seeing. Right, define seeing. Um, yes, yes. 
Uh, but yeah, he's probably. Yeah, I think that's right. Cullen, we know Cullen has a husband. Like we we have not learned any similar information about Blanc. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, this is. <laughs> I feel like, by the way, this is sort of like Agent Blanc is like a golden golden age, quote unquote, of the FBI type agent, and Agent Cullen is like a um, George Smiley, Tinker Taylor type agent. It's like elbow patches versus sunglasses. I think that's the dichotomy here. Absolutely, that's the dichotomy. What is your favorite episode so far? Oh, I make this noise because the episodes I, I mean, I love them all, obviously. I think like that has to be said, but uh, the ones I love the most, I just love with like a fiery passion. Um, So I can't, I can't narrow it down beyond three. And this is where I do remember what we said last time. So I'm going to say what I originally said last time, but I agree with everything you were about to say. Uh. <laughs> I my favorites are five, seven, and ten. Um, I episode five is the one where Sophie threatens Anna Allegros. Uh, well, threatens Anna Allegros's children. Um, episode seven is the one where the others are like, it's it's on. Yep. Um, and then ten is the conversation between Jane and Evelyn. <laughs> um, and my answer is. Yes, literally all three of those, but I also have to add episode 11 because I just love episode 11 so much. Um, I feel yes. like oh, five, I love five because it's the turning point in so many ways, for, even though like we don't get the revelation about the others until later. Like episode five just feels like that's where as, as listeners, like you, you're done kind of learning, um, about who these people are and you're starting to hear what are they doing um and or like Mm -hmm. like what's going to happen to them and it also just feels like i I mean that's the episode with man with knife and uh okay like in in the script is man with knife it's when jane gets threatened uh by the guy who's hiding in her closet um and then blanc jumps in heroically to save the day and like i feel like that like changes the blank the Blanc Jane dynamic in a really fun way. It changes like the Jane Sophie dynamic in a really fun way. Um and then yeah, we get mm-hmm. to really take the gloves off and like, you know, that whole working with uh Grace Carriker who voices Anna Allegros is phenomenal, by the way. She is so good. But uh just just to speak in praise of episode eleven a little bit more because that was not on your list. It's just oh, I love finally getting to see Jane and Sophie be in a room together. Um, oh, here's a fun Q and A Easter egg for you. We were in a room together when we filmed that. Um, the, yes. One of the horrible things that happened this summer is that, uh, along with there being a global pandemic that we're all sharing together, I had to get a major surgery, and um, my parents could not come out to help me with this because they're like old and they live in Arizona and. I uh, was going to be in a hospital. And Molly told them they could not. (laughs) I told them many times they were not allowed to come out. And so Jackie lived uh, just a couple states away and was like, okay, I'll drive out and help you through your post-surgery recovery. And so the night before I got major surgery, (laughs) we sat on my couch and we recorded episode 11 together. And it was perfect. A, I mean, like, come on, that's dedication. Oh, right? God. <laughs> but also just, like, for it to be, like, a tense, like, 
kind of like emotional moment in my life and then for that to be like this moment of just like total relief but also so much stuff under the surface for Jane and Sophie I as like an actor that was just awesome for me you know it was so great and it was so fun to like so we had like really grand plans about this episode pre-COVID. We were like always planning on recording it in the same room. We then did not think that would happen. Thank you, surgery. <laughs> yep. uh, and um, so, but our initial plans were to like the first scene before they have their venue changed to Sophie's apartment takes place in a bar. So we were going to go record in a bar. In hindsight, probably good we didn't go that route. I think. Noise wise. But also, hey, who knows? So we had like this venue change that happened halfway through in Molly's apartment where we went from one part of the apartment to a different part of the apartment and like um we like you know clinked icing glasses and tried to give it like the appropriate background noises. Um yeah. Oh, you clinked ice in a glass because you had surgery the next day. I had like actual wine <laughs> that I kept pouring for the pouring sound effect and at a certain point because we did multiple takes at a certain point I was like I'm just not gonna pour this time because then I like drink it <laughs> uh the perils of um method acting <laughs> yes <laughs> I in terms of sheer fun episode 11 was the most fun to record um yes oh what a goddamn delight that was yes oh you get the big question um let's oh yes i do okay great um this starts with a lovely shout out that uh i won't read out loud i think but thank you very much this is these are very kind words um so one of the questions here in this chunk actually parallels one that is someone else asked. So this person has said, yes, I would like to know more about the religion in the show. And someone else asked, is anyone a space Catholic? <laughs> um, I feel like the is anyone a space Catholic question is probably from someone who knows at least one of us in real life. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the answer to a lot of the world building questions um, in terms of just like, why did you pick this is because, because Jackie and I like it. Um, we both grew up Catholic yes. and um, we like, we, we would like to talk about Catholicism a lot. Uh, a lot of our, our work has dealt with um, sort of the problem of queer Catholicism in a lot of ways. And also a major influence for the mm -hmm. powder is a uh, gay world war one poets and, like, a bunch of them were Catholic, and a bunch mm -hmm. of them had to grapple with, like, what does it mean to be queer and to be Catholic at the same time? And, like, all of those kind of different uh, pressures bubbling together is something that I think we were just like, yeah, we're just going to bake that into the mix. But, like, so we had this idea that, like, in, in our particular, like, Cassandran brand of space Catholicism, which, like, all the place names are, like, saint names, right? We've got, like, some real saints and some, like, made-up saints. Like, Santa Pedra, there's, like, a, you know, Pedra instead of pedro um but you've also got like uh you know yeah. santa santa viola oh that's straight up just because i i have an aunt named monica and i have an aunt named viola, uh, viola and santa monica is already a place <laughs> so i went with santa viola um listeners might not realize that they have met one of your aunts oh yeah, my, my Tia Moni uh, plays uh, Sophie's mom uh, in episode nine, and she did a wonderful <laughs> job. 
team money sidebar (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah, so that uh, we wanted them to have like you know stuff that made their particular brand of space Catholicism unique, and so the idea of like keeping uh, family members' remains uh, as pieces of like inherited jewelry, um, which is a real thing. Again, you can get uh, your your remains baked into a diamond, and then that diamond can be passed on to your relatives, and you can be a, a gory keepsake passed down from generation to generation. It is my favorite thing. I love this very much. Um, and yeah, that's... Yeah, you may have gathered a lot of our inspirations do, in fact, as Molly was saying earlier, derive from like either stuff we like or stuff, preoccupations that we have, yes. I would say. Preoccupations is a good word. Yes. Um, yes. Wait, okay, I have uh, a really related next question. It's from the same uh, question asker, but uh, there's a lot here, so we're going to go back and forth. Yes. Uh, is this universe set in our future? So is this the Milky Way galaxy and Earth exists somewhere, or is it completely made up like the Star Wars galaxy? Um, and then I think there was a similar question further down, which is, is this the future or like a distant slash alternate universe? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I think, uh, yes. Um, is this kind of, you know, have have we charted out sort of like a specific year in the future that this is and like how we got from point A to point B? Definitely not. Um, that sounds like something that would drive me personally kind of insane because <laughs> I, I have like a strong like nonfiction writing personality. Um, and so sometimes I find I fall down these research rabbit holes. And so the more tethered a fictional world is to reality, the more prone I am to fall <laughs> down research rabbit holes. And so, no. <laughs> but uh, we do know that it's in it, that there was a past on Earth because they reference specific like they reference Oscar Wilde. Right. Like there's yes. there are like old dead white guys for them to talk about in like some kind of. Uh, yes. colonial past that they've inherited even however many years down in, in the space future. Totally. Um, and then too, I think like another thing that Molly and I talked about when we were first starting to, you know, come up with this universe is, you know, if it is some far, far future, or even if it's a parallel universe, like what, what, what from our present moment has been reduced, what has been accelerated and what has stayed like pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, And so it does have sort of these components of like, we decided that racism and homophobia had like been dialed down somewhat. Um, We decided that sort of like the treatment of mental health had stayed pretty much the way it is right now. Um, Less kind of issues with patriarchy, but then like other things step in and fill the void. So like nationalism is still going strong. Yes. Um, Oh, God. Things like that. (laughs) Did you hear that weird barking noise? No. I just heard like a weird barking noise. (laughs) It didn't didn't sound like it was coming from the real life. I thought it was coming from. Was that like. Did that, <laughs> did that like was that the do- were those the dogs of war <laughs> it sounded like like an urgent yip but it didn't sound like it was coming from the, my world it sounded like it was coming from you <laughs> I am literally sitting 
in a closet in a condo. <laughs> I'm sitting in a closet. Oh, the other thing you guys, <laughs> the other thing you guys need to know about how I'm at. Sorry, because it's like very obvious to Molly that I don't have a dog. <laughs> but, oh God, this. And I swear I won't take up too much of your time, but. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, Molly was kind enough to host me when I came to check out our grad program and the woman who was organizing, who stayed where, asked me about my dietary requirements and was I allergic? And I was just so excited to be invited that I replied, I do not like animals and I will eat anything. (laughs) So... Um, I we all love- have flaws. <laughs> I, by the way, love animals of all kinds, and I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> so you can see. So it was. <laughs> this was fate. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um. Okay. Good question. The next question is: Would an other's telepathic ability work through long distance communication, like an other alone in a room being seen via live stream far away? Absolutely not. Nope. Yeah. Uh. Nope. They have to, they're picking up on what's right in front of them. Um, yeah. yeah. We actually, we know this because uh, Lieutenant Rose in episode seven, um, that's a video recording that um, Valencia and Jane are watching. Not lis- They're not just listening, they get to see it. Um, and they react to seeing uh, what the duck bird other becomes um, because it, it does not look like a little girl on the screen. Mm-hmm. Dream crossover with another podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, so I feel like this has to go back to, to more origin lore, uh, which is that I got really into audio dramas uh, a couple years ago. Um, I got super into um, the Penumbra and the Magnus Archives and Wolf 359. And I basically came to Jackie, who had not listened to any audio dramas and was like, I, I want to do one. Um, can, can we make one? Yeah. Um, and... Jackie very graciously was like, uh, yes, instead of saying, we are already writing a lot of other stuff and we have like other pots on the on the kettle. Pots on the kettle? Pots on the burners. Okay. Anyway, we had pots on the kettle. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Just a big pot of pots on the We were stack we were we had been we had been reduced to stacking our boiling water. We were so busy. <laughs> anyway she said yes let's do it let's try it um and so i feel like there's so many shows that like over the last couple of years i have like gotten into and learned more about and like shows that i'm still discovering even old shows where i'm just like oh i uh you know even though this is finished it's it's runtime already like i need to catch up with it because there's just more amazing stuff that this community has made and put out there than we can possibly like actually uh connect to um i think wolf 359 oh my god that's a perfect show i just love it so much um and (laughs) i like honestly like came out of listening to wolf 359 and was just like i want to make one if if people can do this this is what i want to make and so like if if there was any way that a a podcast that uh, has been over for a couple of years and all of the creators have moved on to new and cool projects. Uh, they were like, yeah, we want to come back and do a crossover with Mesothea. That would be my fantasy crossover. Uh, but honestly, like there's so many wonderful uh, queers in space. and It would be great to connect with many of them. Yes. Um, my answer to this is 
is clear. I think it needs to be a Starship Iris Pasithea Powder <laughs> crossover where Agent McCabe and Eleanor Lopez have a lengthy conversation. Um, I would love to watch that being recorded. <laughs> In case you do not know what I am talking about uh, and have not had the good fortune to listen to The Strange Case of Starship Iris, uh, Jackie Andrews, who plays Eleanor Lopez on our show, also plays Agent McCabe on that show. And does a wonderful job uh, as as both characters. They could not be more different. <laughs> and so that would uh, be pretty good. <laughs> They could fight over who's going to do the intro and outro narration because McCabe also did that for a lot of Starship Iris. So, um, okay. Is there a planned endgame? How many seasons do you think will y'all do? Um, well, one of the many things that we talked about at the beginning of this was one thing we wanted to avoid, which was we have both been scarred beyond recognition by beloved shows like the BBC show The Hour, Ugh. which is just like gone before its time and ended on the cliffhanger of cliffhangers. Yeah. Um, and this is, there are a lot of BBC shows that have a propensity to do this because they just have like good actors who do other things. So um, regardless of kind of how many seasons there wind up being, I should say um, there each season will end in a place that will leave you satisfied we guarantee um yes like our the model we had talked about was actually hannibal bringing uh bringing brian fuller up again um that's one of our favorite shows i would say uh speaking for us as a unit um yep it's <laughs> uh that is the show that built our nascent friendship it is we have we have brian fuller to thank for all of this <laughs> but every yes. season finale of that show works perfectly as a finale for the show as a whole and it's one of the the things that like just stuns me about that show is how amazingly they take like what could be just boom the ending and then like level it up and like get you to that place again by the end of the next season um it's why like i really think they could have ended the show after the first season and it would have been perfect they could have ended it after the second season and it would have been perfect uh they did end it after the third season and it's perfect. And if in the future Brian Fuller and Mads Mikkelsen and all of them are like, we want to make a fourth season or like a movie or something, I'm sure that will be perfect too. Uh, because they managed to yep. end it gracefully, but in such a way where like you you there you see the doors open to leveling it up more. Um totally. Okay. Oh how good. You ask this next question. I do. Uh when are Jane and Sophie gonna kiss? I think I'm doing justice to all of those eyes. That is how it is written. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did you did justice to this question. Well done. <laughs> when are Jane and Sophie gonna kiss? Next question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> would love to know about the writing process. <laughs> Did you sketch out the whole season's major plot points? Sorry, hold on, I just start over again. <laughs> leave this in, leave this in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> Would love to know about the writing process. Did you sketch out the whole season's major plot points first, or did you take it episode by episode? Uh, we sketched it all out. Yes. 
Um, we we sketch out the whole season's major plot points. We do an outline for each episode before we write from the outline. Uh, and then we we're usually like uh, pretty faithful to the outline as we go. Sometimes we'll like adjust it midstream, but like that's been pretty easy so far. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and also like shout out to collaboration because uh, I am not an outliner in my independent work at all. And it really only works when I do outlines with Molly. So yay. You guys just like find a person you can work with. There's just, if we're shouting out collaboration, like aside from all of the like weird creative loopholes, like being able to work from outlines that happen when you're working with somebody else, like being accountable to somebody else is so good. Like being able to just like freak out with like, Oh, here's like all of the ideas I'm going to throw at the table. And then Jackie sort of plucks them out of the air and puts them into a calendar. And it's like, Oh, here's how we make that happen. Like it's, (laughs) it's really just like the best thing ever. Like I, collaborate with somebody find someone who's who's like got a brain that works with yours and just do your stuff i completely agree next question what does evelyn look like oh yay yes uh the evelyn in your heart but also i have a very concrete answer (laughs) which is i you know all of these characters most of these characters, the vast majority of these characters have like a um, a literary progenitor of some kind. We're drawing a lot from tropes and sort of sources of inspiration. So Sophie Green has a lot of Jack Aubrey from Patrick O'Brien's novels in her. Uh, there's a lot of World War One sort of like... narrative in the whole situation evelyn's progenitor is skinny steve rogers a (laughs) hundred percent yeah he's skinny steve rogers yes like he again canon does look like whatever you want him to look like but i just in terms of the situationship between jane and sophie and evelyn we were like it's a rotating sort of wheel as to who gets to be skinny steve who gets to be uh Peggy Carter and who gets to be Bucky Barnes because someone at any given point is skinny Steve. Someone is Bucky Barnes and someone is Peggy Carter, but uh, we we're not super static. With yes. Um, it's a lazy Susan of dynamics. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Um, and then, Oh, the, just the only other thing I want to add in because you got stuck about Sophie's uh, influences. Um, one of uh, yes. the influences that uh, I love for Jane and actually where she gets her name um, is uh, is not one that I've gotten to talk about super, super much before. And that's uh, Jane Foster. I love Jane Foster from the Thor movies so much. She's like the space astrophysicist who like uh, ends up, you know, having adventures when she never thought she would have adventures. And uh, I feel like she she and Jane share a lot. And I, I love Jane Foster. Um, okay last question yes oh god um last question if oh it's me (laughs) it's my someone stevie (laughs) if someone wanted to know what food drink and music to enjoy while listening to the show what would you recommend music is easy uh the intro theme to our podcast is written by annie morando She's a genius. We c- 
commissioned her and we were like cellos world war one inspired inspired <laughs> question mark and she was like here you go and it's just perfect absolutely <laughs> Um, she's got uh, two albums uh, out on, I think, Bandcamp that you can uh, listen to. They are wonderful. Um, I have been personally bullying her to uh, put out the third album that I know she's working on as hard as she can. Uh, uh, because uh, there's songs on it that I have been privileged to hear already that I really want to be able to share with people. I wouldn't recommend listening to other music while you're listening to the podcast. Um but after the podcast yes. is over, or to like get in the mood for the podcast, I will also recommend uh, and point out that we have character playlists on Spotify. Uh, so if you go to the Pasithea Powder uh, Spotify account, um, you will find uh, a Jane playlist, a Sophie playlist. I think we've got one for Evelyn, Agent Blanc. Uh, Eleanor Lopez. Eleanor Lopez. Oh my God, I love the Eleanor Lopez playlist. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that one specifically, I love them all so much. That one I have to really shout out as like a really good sort of like get you through a pandemic. Like it's kind of half like fuck you, I'm the best songs and half like I've got something to do and I have to accomplish it now, which is just kind of what I need. (laughs) Perhaps you do too. Uh, Drink. If you are of legal drinking age, wherever you happen to live, I can really only answer red wine to this question. (laughs) If you're not of legal drinking age, yes. Uh, Any kind of tea, your favorite kind of tea, I feel like is a good World War I feel. So like that could bring you into the right mindset. Um, I'll also just say uh, coffee. I feel like Jane's a big coffee person. So there you go. Um, Food. I mean, I, since I'm stuck on the red wine, (laughs) I like a charcuterie platter uh, uh, yeah i think i'll stick with that these are people these are characters who are like on the go talkies i think talkies <laughs> um yeah so sophie is over there with like a glass of red wine and a charcuterie platter and jane is <laughs> drinking coffee and eating talkies <laughs> i don't know if that's in character but <laughs> I feel like there are there are versions of Sophie that exist over the continuum of time and versions of Jane likewise where this answer fits perfectly. But then I think of like other moments and I'm like, oh my god. I mean, yes, depending on again whether they are of legal age, but also like Jane uh, uh you know coming back from a important science like uh three in the morning, coffee and takis. Uh Jane yes. is not a prisoner, uh, a political prisoner, uh, in her own apartment as an adult, maybe wants some wine in a charcuterie platter. Yeah. I feel like Sophie, when she's at her suavest, when she's like maybe dressed to impress, mm-hmm. wine and charcuterie platter. The rest of the time where she's just kind of like a disaster, bouncing from like place to place, Takis and <laughs> coffee. <laughs> um, okay. Those are the questions. I have a question for you. Okay. Um, my question for you is, uh, what is your favorite thing about Jane? Oh man, um, I think my favorite thing about Jane is that she's she has like not just like strength in her convictions, but like that she has convictions to begin with, and that she 
really is like unafraid to like risk everything for those convictions right um like that's i think something Mm -hmm. that most of us aspire to is being able to not just talk the talk but walk the walk right um same question for sophie um I think I've said this to you before, but one thing I really like about Sophie is that she, uh, she's definitely to her detriment sometimes quick to act. And I am like a relentless overthinker. And so I think taking a little bit of that Sophie energy into my daily life could be beneficial. Um, I also just like, I mean, again, to her detriment, like, you know, there are pros and cons to everything, but I do also really like how loyal she is. Yeah. Wait, okay. I have another question. Sorry. I'm, I'm asking more than one, um, which is what do you want for Sophie? Oh, God. Oh, man. Therapy. <laughs> 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 but that's, that's a cheap answer because... <laughs> You know me. I just we just watched the Untamed together, like over the phone, and that's what I want for everyone. Everyone. Um, What do I want for Sophie? I want her. I want her to follow the instincts from the eleventh episode and just kind of like have a chance to take a deep breath and rest and take in her surroundings and acknowledge where she is in the world and kind of see what comes to her from that. I love that. Yeah. And same question for you. <laughs> um, I think like I want her to. I want her to like. So I, I said that a a thing I love about her is that she has this strength in her convictions that she's really like willing to commit everything to that. But um, I think that that comes at the cost of her emotional vulnerability in a lot of ways, um, and that mm-hmm. she she's willing to put her life on the line, but she's not willing to put like the, the like, not that your, your life isn't vulnerable, but like, she's not willing to put her emotions on the line in, in any real sense. Um, and I think, yeah, I would, I would want her to also maybe be a therapy, uh, you know, become a little more comfortable <laughs> with submitifying to the mortifying ordeal of being known. Right. Yes. Yeah. Totally. I actually have one more question for both of us. <laughs> um, what is your favorite thing to play? Like comedy, drama, um, with Jane specifically. Yeah. I I really love uh or like what have been moments? Yes. Um I mean, I love it all. I think it's all really fun. What's it's really fun to play like the most dramatic moments, like in episode ten. Uh, but I think I really love the bits where Jane gets to do dialogue. I love Jane getting to like banter back and forth with somebody. I loved those moments with Evelyn. I love those moments with Sophie. Like the the parts where like Jane is even like with Blanc, like going back and forth and just like that kind of verbal ping pong. I love when they get a little Sherman Palladino. That's really fun for me. I love Jane and Agent Blanc when they have dialogues dialogues what is wrong with me i love it when jane and agent blanc talk to each other i feel like colin killick who plays agent blanc is so nothing like agent blanc so when he becomes agent blanc it's it's just like a joy to watch and the dynamic that 
you and Colin bring to Jane and Agent Blanc's interactions is just like <laughs> a joy to me. Because I'm like, I don't, I'm like, no, I, I, I don't like this. But I'm also like, yes, please give me more of this. <laughs> Hashtag Blaine. <laughs> Blaine! <laughs> Jackie's a Blaine Chippery, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> Blaine! Um, um, yeah. And for you. Oh, yes. Uh, I think <laughs> um, I... I think I exist as a person, I, Jackie Hedman, exist as a person sort of in the comedy register when I speak frequently. And so for Sophie, I really enjoy playing the drama and like the angst specifically. Yeah. Um, there was one scene where in episode nine, which is very interior for her, she's talking about... Um, having sort of you know committed a military action and she took a shower and then she goes to a dinner later and she still has blood under her fingernails and writing that um was one thing and then acting it was another and it took me a couple times to get it and molly was like yeah that was great how about one more time and i'm like i agree um and so the last time i did it i was kind of like okay what this needs is like a subsumed panic attack. Cause I was like, all right, so what does my voice do? It gets like kind of wheezy. So like bring the wheeziness in. And so that became like a really visceral and fun scene to play. Also, no scene has come anywhere close for me for the level of satisfaction of this is Sophie, by the way, <laughs> Sophie Green, call me back. <laughs> iconic i love it <laughs> oh my god i think that's everything folks that is everything thank you for bearing with us uh savik is still right next to me she's still hanging out she's been here throughout this whole thing um thank you for thank you for listening thank you for your questions um we it, it freaks us out every single time that we realize like, oh God, people actually listen to this show and they like it. Uh, it's it's amazing. Like I, I'm floored literally every single time I remember again that this is true. <laughs> yes, completely. Um, if you want to get in touch, we're on Twitter at Pasithea Powder. Um, we have a website. You know it. www.pasithea.com. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> www.pasatheapowder.com oh. I'm holding off my wine until after this, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and we will be back with season two in January 2021. Alright. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>